0: Welcome to the Valleybrook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a sermon from our So That Sermon series. This series focuses on fulfilling the Great Commission, taking the gospel of Jesus to our friends, family, communities, cities, nation, and the world. We hope you find this podcast meaningful. We'd love to hear how God is touching people's lives. Just go to our website at www.valleybrook.cc, select Contact Us, and send us an email.
1: Good morning, everybody. It's going to be a great day this morning. Um, you know, I, I realize you guys can worship earlier than normal because you know it's really 1030, okay? So, uh, you know, you guys, you guys did well. And, you know, the, uh, the 815 service, which is normally the 915 service, did well too. So it just proves you can worship earlier in the morning. We're uh, in the middle of this series called So That, and let me remind you of why it's called So That. From first Peter chapter two, verse nine. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession. So that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's so cool. That, that's, that's talking about your identity, And your identity is this, that you're a chosen race. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're a people of his possession. You're his sons and daughters. And we have been called not to just live on this earth uh, for uh, 70, 80, 90 years and then then die and go to heaven, but we've been called to be his sons and daughters and to give the praises uh, that he deserves because he's called us out of darkness into light. So in this series, we're really talking about how we reach the rest of the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news. And uh, last week I shared this verse with you. And the week before Dan shared this verse with you, it's from Acts chapter one, verse eight, it's going to be on the screen. And it basically says this, Jesus said, uh, when the Holy spirit comes on you with power, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so we're looking at this over these three weeks. Last week, we looked at our Jerusalem. And if you missed that message, please go back and to our, go to our website and, and listen to it so you'll understand what we're talking about. Um, and this week, we're gonna talk about our Judea and Samaria. And next week, we're gonna talk about to the ends of the earth. But let me just remind you and sort of show you graphically with this map on the screen behind me. So in this map, you're gonna see those three areas in the little purple circle in the, down in the lower half. Is around the city of Jerusalem. And and so when Jesus was telling the disciples to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, he was talking about where they lived. Your Jerusalem is where you live. It's your neighborhood. It's your town. It's where you work. It's where you go to school. It's where you shop. It's where you uh, hang out and, and do hobbies or go to the gym. That's your Jerusalem. And you and I need to be praying about how we can share how God took us from light from darkness to light in that area. And in fact, I'm challenging you to do that with Easter coming up. Who do you need to invite to the Easter egg hunt and to Easter Sunday services there in your Jerusalem. But then you see there's two bigger circles, one around Judea and one around Samaria. And as we look at that for us as a, as a church, you know, uh, our Judea and Samaria is Hartford, and it's our state and it's our, our nation. But specifically, we're going to focus on Hartford. We're going to have a guest speaker share with you about that. But but this is important for you to understand. It, when when we think this through in In Israel, those areas, Judea and Samaria, were two different geographical areas, but they were two different sociological areas. You see, everybody who lived in Judea primarily was Hebrew. They were Jewish, and they worshiped God at the temple in Jerusalem. But everybody who lived in Samaria were not completely Jewish. They had in their history, somewhere along the way, Jewish people had married non-Jewish people. And uh, they were considered uh, less than by all the Jewish people. And so Jews and Samaritans didn't get along. So think this one through. When, when When Jesus says, I call you to be my witnesses in Judea and Samaria, he's talking to you to go to the people that you're comfortable with, that you understand. But then he's saying, I want you to cross cultural and sociological barriers and be my witnesses with people that aren't like you and that, you're going to take a little bit of time to get to know. And then, obviously, the big circle is the ends of the earth, and we'll talk about that next week. So I'm excited to have Russell Jarvis come and share with us today. He is the vice president of Urban Alliance, this cool Christian ministry in the greater Hartford area. Um, I could say a lot of things about Russell besides him being a friend, but I think the most important thing he said to me was, you know, I'm Amy's husband and I'm the dad to my two kids. So give uh, Russell a warm Valley Brook welcome.
2: Thanks, guys. It's good to be with you this morning. I appreciate the introduction. I told the folks in the first service that uh, I think the real reason that I got invited today was because Dan really admires my beard, (laughs) and he wanted more time to gaze at it. So I'm going to provide him with that opportunity this morning um, while I speak. All right, many of you uh, may not be familiar with Urban Alliance. Um, We are a Christian nonprofit organization that provides support to strengthen ministry programs that are helping people in the greater Hartford region. And our desire is to see the body of Christ living out Jesus's invitation to love our neighbors as ourselves. So think about that for a second. What what does that really mean? I want to show you a picture. It's not on. I did that myself. I want to show you a picture of my little family, okay? And I want you to think about your family for a second. Don't you make sure that their basic needs are met? That They have access to health services and education and the opportunities that they need to grow spiritually and and growing in Christ. Yeah, of course you do. We all care about these things for ourselves and our families, but many of our neighbors may struggle to fulfill these needs in their lives. It's not hard to look around our greater Hartford region and see so many different challenges that people face on a daily basis, from poverty to loneliness, spiritual hopelessness, just lack of access to, to opportunities and, and supportive relationships. But at the same time, we see God already at work in Greater Hartford through the many churches and parachurch organizations working sacrificially to serve people in practical and spiritual ways all the time. But even those churches and ministries face challenges and limitations, uh, financial constraints, and just the demands of of ongoing overwhelming needs. So that's where Urban Alliance comes in. Here's a picture of some of the folks um, on our team. And our role is to work alongside churches and parachurch organizations, helping leaders, staff, and volunteers build connections, strengthen outreach ministry programs, and mobilize service that demonstrates our Christian faith out in the community. So let me just expound on each of those themes for a moment. We build connections across the wider body of Christ by bringing together churches and parachurch organizations through the Urban Alliance Network, united by a common purpose to love our neighbors as Jesus has called us to do. And building connections is critical because we believe that God works through relationships to foster unity and to transform lives. Urban Alliance is currently working with 84 churches and parachurch organizations located throughout Greater Hartford, urban and suburban, large and small, representing a multicultural, multi denominational Christian community, one body of Christ in the Greater Hartford region. So building connections. But the bulk of our work with churches and organizations is focused on strengthening ministry programs. And we do this in several ways. For one, We equip ministry leaders with training on evidence-based best practices to build their program capacity and impact. We also facilitate opportunities for ministry leaders to to share with and learn from one another so they can encourage each other and learn from each other's experiences. Last year, Urban Alliance provided training to staff and volunteers from 103 ministry programs in the greater Hartford region to help them more effectively serve the community. And in conjunction with the training, we also unleash resources. Resources to strengthen programs. Over the last three years, Urban Alliance has provided nearly $1 million in grants to help churches and organizations serve people throughout greater Hartford. And on top of that, through our partnership with World Vision, we also provide access to gift in kind supplies like those featured here. Uh, So those might be, Uh, School supplies, clothes, diapers, cleaning products, toys, furniture. These are brand new retail items that are donated to World Vision from companies like Costco, Target, Walmart, QVC, uh, Staples. And they're provided monthly for ministries to use in serving uh, folks in the community and enhancing uh, their ministry programs. And last year alone, over $3 million worth of supplies were distributed through our local warehouse facility uh, in East Hartford. And these went to, again, to ministries and also to build partnerships with, with local schools to serve low-income students. So really coming around, strengthening outreach ministry and programs in the community. And then thirdly, uh, we mobilized service by engaging volunteers from churches, schools, and businesses and matching their interests and availability with the local ministry program's needs. And so through our volunteer matching program called UA Serve, we work through our network to match whether individuals, families, groups with ministry host sites in our network that need volunteers to help carry out their their programs. And UA provides background checks, we provide volunteer orientations, follow-up coordination over the course of the year to make sure the service opportunity is a good fit. So in 2017, last year, we had 628 UA serve volunteers, ranging in age from two to 87 years old. It's a pretty good representation, right, I think? Uh, contributed nearly 6,000 hours of service to ministry programs at 24 host sites throughout the greater Hartford area through almost 70 different types of volunteer serving opportunities. So here's a screenshot from our website at urbanalliance.com where dozens of volunteer opportunities are are listed. And we're going to have more information um, about that later on um, today. But I want to let you know something important. There are opportunities for everyone, people of all ages and all abilities to serve. This is a picture of uh, of Jenny and Greg, and they volunteer every week. And so it doesn't matter who you are, everyone has something to contribute. The question is, will you make yourself available? Everybody's got something to contribute. Don't listen to that lie from the enemy that says you don't. Will you step out and make yourself available? So that's what we're excited um, to partner with Valley Brook and Urban Alliance to try to make opportunities available for you as the people of God to serve, to serve and demonstrate the love of Christ in our greater Hartford region, in your Judea and Samaria. And so I'm very excited by your theme verse in 1 Peter 2:9, that, that you're a chosen people, that you're God's special possession because you're in Christ. Your identity is in Christ. Why? so that you can be comfortable? No, so that you can go out and declare his praise so that you can demonstrate the love of Christ to those who need to encounter him. And so at Urban Alliance, we want to provide opportunities for you to put your faith in action and and to demonstrate that love to our communities. And why is this so important? Because Jesus didn't set you free from sin just so that you could live for yourself. He didn't set you free from sin and give you the power of the Holy Spirit just so you could sit back and take it easy and become more comfortable. No, the Great Commission says, go, go and make disciples. Are you with me this morning, church? Yes, Yes. got to check in. You guys are more awake probably than the earlier service, but I got to check in with you. So, you know, feel free to let me know that you're tracking with me this morning, all right? And listen, God brought you into his kingdom of light so that you could be a light, and I love how Galatians 5 puts it. I think it's, it's clear for me. Listen to this. Galatians 5, 13. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Galatians 5. That's, that sums it up for me. I can understand that. That's simple. So what's it going to take? For Valleybrook people to be a so-that church, for you to be a so-that people on mission with God, that's what it requires, being on mission with God. And it calls us to go. Jesus is leading us to go. So I want to share three things that I think are necessary if you really want to be on mission with God, to reach and to love and to serve others in our greater Hartford region and to declare God's praise in your own Judea and Samaria. And the first thing is this. It requires you to have kingdom priorities. What I mean by that kingdom priorities is ordering your life around God's mission. Ordering your life around God's mission. You know, in the world's way of doing things, we are constantly invited to put ourselves first, to make ourselves the focus of our lives, right? And so our natural inclination is to order our lives around Uh, our own interests, our own needs, the things that make us comfortable, that make us happier or or feel good. But in God's kingdom, it gets turned upside down. It gets turned upside down. We're called to live differently. If you're thinking just about yourself and your life is ordered around yourself, then service and serving others is always gonna seem like an extra thing. It's always gonna seem like a, a nice thing to do if you have the time. But guess what? it's probably not gonna become a regular part of your lifestyle because you're probably not ever gonna regularly have the time. You may not even have the motivation because again, your life is kind of ordered around yourself. But in God's kingdom, we're called to die to ourselves and to make Christ the center of his lives, a center of our lives and to make his mission what we're focused on. In Matthew six thirty-three, Jesus exhorts us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first, the kingdom of God, kingdom priorities. Jesus modeled this for us, right? Right? Jesus modeled this for us. Look, he left his throne in heaven. He took on flesh. He lived and died and rose again so that we could be set free. He modeled that for us. Romans 5, 8 tells us yet that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He sought us out. He came to engage us, to serve and to love and to show us the Father's truth. He was focused on kingdom priorities when he sought to reach and serve us. You know, he tells us this in Matthew 20, 28, when he said, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So if you're a follower of Jesus today, I think we have some followers of Jesus in here, amen? Amen. Let me hear you. Amen. Amen. All right. If you're a follower of Jesus today, he calls you to the same thing. He calls you to the same thing. And this may mean that you have to change some things around in your lifestyle. It may mean reordering your schedule or reorganizing your to-do list so that you can prioritize serving others, so you can create some time and space to put God's mission first in your lives. And I know that many of us are busy. I'm sure you're busy. Uh, uh, maybe some of us are too busy. So I'm very aware of how busy we are. And when Dan and Clark invited me a few months ago to, to share with you this morning, I, I just started praying and asking the Lord, God, what, what do you want me to tell Valleybrook people? What do you want me to say? What, what can I possibly share that's going to, you know, persuade or encourage them to, to make time in their lives to go out and serve others? And I felt like through prayer that that the Lord spoke to my heart and I felt like God said, I know people are busy, but ask them, are you busy with the right things? So I'm asking you this morning, are you busy with the right things? With kingdom priorities? Or are you just busy for yourself? Seek first the kingdom of God. And I'm not here this morning to try to convince you to add one more thing to your plate, you know, to pile in a little extra side of service on top of all the the other busy things that you have going on. You'll get, you'll get burnt out. It won't happen. But what I am calling you to do, what I believe God's challenging each of us to do as his followers is to reorder everything in our lives around his mission. When we encounter Christ, it changes the way we view the purpose of our lives. God changes us. And so what does your lifestyle look like? What does it need to look like when it's ordered around kingdom priorities? What does your lifestyle need to look like? I, I can't tell you what it looks like for you. I can't prescribe that, right? You've got to seek God on your own. And you've got to ask him, Lord, help me join you on mission in our region. Help me order my life around your priorities. So I don't know. You've you got to talk to the Lord about that, and I pray that you will. But I can share a little bit from my story what that's looked like for me and my family. Um, for my wife, Amy, and me, uh, serving others led to God redirecting our entire lives. Back in 2004 and in 2005, uh, we both served as interns um, during the summer for an organization called Hartford City Mission that I know many of you are familiar with. And through that time of serving, and building relationships, God started changing for each of us uh, separately uh, the way we envisioned what our lives were about. And each of us went on at different points in times uh, to serve on staff with with Hartford City Mission. And then ultimately God led us to really feel a calling that we were to root ourselves in Hartford. And so that's where we've planted ourselves and and our family. And we live in the north end of Hartford on, on Vine Street. And for 12 of the last 14 years, that's where I've lived. For all the 10 years that Amy and I have been married, that's where we've lived. That's where we raise our family. That's where we bought our house seven years ago. That's where our two-year-old and four-year-old are growing up. It's the only place that they've known thus far to call home. Um, My my daughter just started uh, pre-K in Hartford Public Schools. And we love being a part of the Hartford community. We love it. We love seeing God at work. We love getting to... To participate in that with him, and we love the relationships that we have with our neighbors. I just I feel like it's a privilege and a joy to get to see God advancing His kingdom in our Hartford community. So that's kind of a little bit about my my story, and I just share that to encourage you to seek the Lord. And I don't want you to get me wrong. I don't believe that everybody's you know called to do the same thing, and that everyone should go out and and you know move to Hartford. That's just my story. I just share that to encourage you to seek God to say. What is God calling you to do in terms of your lifestyle? What does it look like as the Holy Spirit leads you? You know, we can't prescribe God and say, oh, he's a formula, it's this and this and this. No, but we can share our stories with one another to encourage each other as a body of Christ, to orient our lives around kingdom priorities. But here's the catch. Once we commit to establishing our lives, Around kingdom priorities, we can't stay in our own little bubble. We can't just stay in this comfortable area of Valley Brook Church. Because if you follow Jesus, right? He's going to lead you beyond the boundaries of where you're comfortable. And He's going to put you in positions where you have to depend on Him. That's what living by faith means, right? That we trust in Jesus, that we follow him where He goes. That we follow him where he leads and we depend on him. His grace is sufficient. He's going to change the way that you see the world around you when you're focused on his mission. And so this brings up the second thing I want to share with you. Living a missional lifestyle necessarily involves adopting a kingdom lens. And so what do, I, what do I mean by that? I mean, allowing God to change the way that you see other people, especially those who may live differently than you do and allowing God to redefine who your neighbors are. Okay. Now I I think this concept of a lens is really important because I wear these glasses. You're all kind of blurry now. I wear these glasses because looking through these lenses help me to see better, to, 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 recognize things more accurately, more, more clearly than I otherwise could. And so your, lenses, your lens influences how you see everything around you and, and how you understand and make sense of the world. So our cultural values, our racial and ethnic identities, our, our family dynamics, our location, our beliefs, our personalities, all these things shape our lenses. They shape the way we see the rest of the world and the way that we make sense of things. Oftentimes a person who has had very different life experiences than than you've had uh, will see the world through a very different lens, which may lead you and them to some very different conclusions about life. And so it's easy then to see why people get divided over so many things, whether it's politics or cultural values or media, music, church styles, whatever, you name it, right? We naturally gravitate towards people who are like us who make us feel comfortable and reinforce our lens, our view of the world. It's easy to fall into these comfortable circles and not even be attentive to the fact that boundaries and barriers exist, or that somehow our lifestyles or our behaviors may be reinforcing the existence of those boundaries and barriers. And in the world's way of doing things, it may seem natural to divide and distance yourself, from people who are not like you. And again, you might, might not, we might not even do that consciously. It just may happen. But get this, in God's kingdom, Jesus doesn't let you settle for only loving, serving and serving people who are just like you, right? Jesus doesn't let you settle for just being with the people who are like you. That's not what he modeled. If we're part of his upside down kingdom, which extends to every tribe, tongue and nation throughout the world, then we're called to break down those barriers to cross those boundaries with the love of Jesus, with the life transforming message of Jesus and to demonstrate it out to our world in word and in deed. Jesus calls us across cultural lines, racial and ethnic lines, economic lines, geographic lines, religious lines, all these things. Jesus calls us right into the middle of that, go make disciples. And if you don't think this matters, or you don't think it's important to God, you might want to check your lens. If you don't think this is important to God, I want to challenge you. I don't think you're looking through a kingdom lens. Can I say that this morning? Jesus once encountered a man, uh, a legal expert, who wanted to test him. Luke 10 tells us that the man asked Jesus, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? Jesus turned the question, kind of flipped the script like Jesus does, right? He Turned the question around on him. He said, you're an expert in God's law. What do you read that it says? And the lawyer summed it all up by saying, we're called to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. Great answer. So Jesus says, yeah, that's it. But then the text tells us that the lawyer pressed further by asking, and who is my neighbor? You see, he already had categories in his mind for who he was willing to serve, who he was willing to associate with, and who he could justify avoiding because of their differences. That was that Judea and Samaria? You know, I can't cross those lines. You don't mean those people, right, Jesus? Jesus uh, uh, the man would have never defined uh, his neighbors to be Samaritans. John 4, 9 tells us that Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Yet Jesus goes on to tell a story where he upholds a Samaritan as the hero and the example for others to follow. And we know this story as the Good Samaritan. In short, a Jewish man is robbed, he's beaten, he's left half dead on the side of the road, and some very religious esteemed other Jewish people see him and intentionally cross by on the other side, avoiding the messiness of his situation. I'm sure they had all kinds of reasons to justify that. But then a Samaritan man comes across and sees him and goes to the man who's hurting and engages him and cares for him. And it caused him to interrupt, have to interrupt his journey, interrupt his life, reorder his priorities. And it cost him his time and it cost him his resources. And at the end of telling this story, Jesus then asks the lawyer, so who would you say was a neighbor to the man who was hurting? And the lawyer says, the one who showed mercy on him. Some translations say the one who helped him. And Jesus then says, go and do likewise. You can imagine probably how surprised Jesus' Jewish listeners must have been when Jesus told them to follow the example of this good Samaritan, the people that they thought were less than. It didn't fit into their definitions of who their neighbors were and what being a neighbor meant. But Jesus offered... A different lens. In God's kingdom, he redefines who we consider our neighbors to be. And he also calls us to be a neighbor, to go to serve and love others. And maybe there are some people that God's calling you to see differently. When you look out across our our Hartford region through a kingdom lens, God redefines your neighbors, and he redefines what it means for you to be a neighbor. And he calls you to go and do likewise. Go and show mercy to people who need help. Go and be a neighbor to people you would otherwise avoid or overlook or not even be aware of, or who may otherwise want to avoid you. Go and love the people that you might think are your enemies. Cross all of these boundaries and barriers to serve, to be so that people who demonstrate the love of God. It's easy to talk about, but it takes true faith to live out. It's easy to say these things, but we're called to go and do likewise. And that's why a missional lifestyle can't just be about changing the way that we think or see. It also has to be about kingdom action. That's the third thing that I want to share with you this morning. Kingdom action. What I mean by that? Putting your faith into action by serving others, by demonstrating the love of Jesus. We can say that God so loved the world all we want. But unless we demonstrate that love of Christ through our actions, through our interactions with others, our words to the world will ring hollow. I have a paraphrased translation of James 2:17 that hangs on a card above my desk and I look at it almost every day because it challenges me and I love how it's worded. And I took a picture of it, um, it says this, just saying you have faith in God isn't enough. You have to have actions that go with your faith. Otherwise your faith is dead love that. There's another saying I heard somewhere, and I can't remember the source, but it stuck with me. And it says, what you do proves what you believe. You believe that this morning? What you do proves what you believe. If I say Jesus loves you, and I'm not loving to you. eh. Jesus had a lot to say about what we do as his followers. In Luke 6, he says, every tree is known by the kind of fruit it produces. And then he goes on to say, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but you don't do what I say? The people who come to me, who listen to my teachings and obey them. These are the people who are building their house on the rock, who truly have a solid foundation in the love of Jesus. And so we're called to do what Jesus did. What did he do? He proclaimed the kingdom of God. Luke 4 tells us that one of the ways he announced it is like this. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And so if you're going to join God on his mission for the greater Hartford community, this is going to be a part of it. It has to be. To what extent does your lifestyle demonstrate kingdom action? In his book, The Irresistible Revolution, Living as an Ordinary Radical, Shane Claiborne, a Christian activist and ministry practitioner, shares about a survey that he did. And I just want to read this to you. He says, I asked participants who claimed to be strong followers of Jesus, so these are folks who identify themselves as strong followers of Jesus, whether Jesus spent time with the poor. Nearly 80% said Yes. Later in the survey, I sneaked in another question. I asked the same group of strong followers whether they spent time with the poor. And less than 2% said they did. I learned a powerful lesson. Listen to this we can admire and worship Jesus without doing what he did. We can applaud what he preached and stood for without caring about the same things. We can adore his cross without taking up ours. That challenges me, that convicts me. Listen to listen to what else he says. He says, I had come to see that the great tragedy of the church is not that rich Christians do not care about the poor, but that rich Christians do not know the poor. Going, engaging, serving, building relationship, and allowing God to transform our lives and the lives of those to whom he leads us. And so, church, we're called to love our neighbors as ourselves. And if you're going to live a missional lifestyle, this is going to be a a so that church. It will necessarily involve you getting out of your own comfort zone, going to where people are, being a neighbor to those who are hurting, to those who are struggling, to those who may be be living very differently than your lifestyle and yet who need to encounter the love of Christ. You can't just talk about it. You can't just hear somebody else talk about it. If you're a follow Jesus, you got to do it. You got to follow him you got to step out in faith. His grace is sufficient. And so this is where Urban Alliance wants to help provide opportunities for you to live this out, to take action. We're here to partner with you. and, And again, I'm not asking you to add one more thing onto your plate. I'm asking you to seek God about how he would order your life around kingdom priorities, give you a kingdom lens to see our region and lead you forward into kingdom action. And I wanna close with just one real life example of what this looks like. There was an article in the Hartford Current this past week about a friend of ours named Reverend Brian Bywater who leads a ministry under Church Army USA. There we are. Now they reach out to the homeless population in downtown Hartford uh, every week and provide both practical nourishment and spiritual nourishment. And Urban Alliance partners with them to provide support to strengthen their outreach ministry by mobilizing, and connecting volunteers, providing supplies and resources and, and training and connections, um, helping, helping people. And Brian and his team of volunteers essentially have a church on the street uh, every week. Brian shares a message about Jesus and invites people to celebrate and enter into communion with Jesus. And, and afterwards, volunteers distribute food and, and toiletries to anyone in need. So listen to this. This is great. This is in the the current article. You can go and look at yourself. Here's what one uh, woman who is homeless and in transition told the reporter from The Current who wrote this story. She said, the little things Brian does for us are big. Lisa Rodriguez told the reporter. She said, this brings us closer to God. It helps us get motivated and it helps take us out of darkness. Man, talk about a so that impact, Right? that God would bring people into the kingdom of light. This is a woman testifying in her own words that she's seeing the light of God through this, that it's impacting her. By declaring God's praises, others are literally experiencing that verse. And it's not only folks who are homeless that are testifying to this impact. Listen to what the reporter from The Current, what he himself had to say about this ministry. He said, if the churches of my youth looked like Bywaters, I wouldn't have left them, probably, because his mission is bringing dignity back to a population that has been robbed of it, and it's one that we all need to get behind. Here's somebody, by his own admission, who left church a long time ago, and yet recognizes something significant that's happening through this ministry in the community, and says everybody should get behind it. And they're unapologetically Jesus-centered. And yet the ministry is speaking for itself. It reminds me of of the verse in Matthew 5, 16 that says, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. That's what we want to do, church. Declare his praises in our region, right? We want to reveal God's glory as we go and serve. And so friends this morning, there's no reason why you can't be a part of something like this. These are all pictures of UA serve volunteers, folks who are connected into different ministry programs, serving in the greater Hartford area. And if you're not involved in some way and you're asking the Lord, what does it look like? There's no reason why you can't join God on his mission to reach the Hartford region. And we wanna provide those opportunities for you to help you get connected. And I know you're busy, but are you busy with the right things? Jesus showed us what we're called to do. Jesus said that he came not to be served, but to serve. And he calls us to follow him. Will you go and do likewise? Let's pray. Father, give us the courage to follow you to step out of our comfort zones and to join you in your mission to transform lives in the Hartford region. We believe, God, that you will transform our lives. And in so doing, you will use us to be a part of what you want to do to transform the lives of others. Thank you, God. Help us to follow you. We love you, Jesus. Amen.
0: Can we show our appreciation, yeah, for... For Russell. Now, we gotta set something straight about the beard here for a second. Russell uh, was advised before he came in his contract that he had to shave his beard because I'm the beard guy here, but he didn't. So I just instead of I had to look at his beard the whole service. So now he can look at my hair and be jealous. (laughs) So sorry, we're friends. It's okay. Uh, my name is Dan Herman. If you don't know me, I'm the associate pastor here, and we're just so grateful, you know, seriously for, for you guys and all that you're doing and for you sharing. Um, but with us up here, we have Sarah Thompson, and I messed this up last service. I'm not going to do it. But her husband, Chris, and her kids, um, Drew and Shaylin. I had to look because I messed <laughs> it up last uh, service. But they've been coming to Valley Brook, and there's this really cool Holy Spirit thing that happened as we were putting together this outreach and evangelism plan and our team. Uh, Pastor Clark actually met with Sarah separately and said, hey, Dan, you really need to connect with Sarah about being involved in some leadership stuff. And so I didn't actually know that Sarah was on staff at Urban Alliance. And and just so you know, Sarah is on staff there. She um, helps kind of develop the brand there, and she also runs um, the volunteer uh, mobilization called UA Serve. Mm -hmm. And so she's a huge part of that. But I didn't know that. And so I, I knew that she was involved with something with Hartford, but I didn't know that. And so I was sharing the vision of outreach and evangelism with Sarah, and I said, hey, you know, the Lord's put on my heart with, you know, uh, the Judea and Samaria, and I met with Russell, and I, I want to get involved with Urban Alliance and at Valley Brook. and she said, oh, well, that's really convenient because I work there. I'm on staff. And so yeah. it was kind of this really Holy Spirit cool moment, and so she's been on our team. It's been myself, um, Sarah, and then Rob Wooka, and we just added Ian Bell um, to that team, but we've been really praying about this, and and so I'm excited to, to introduce her to you because she's going to be... Our Valley Brook point person. Yes, she does work at Urban Alliance, but she also attends here. So she's agreed to be our, our point person and kind of organizing our effort and mobilizing our effort um, as Valley Brook to get involved with Urban Alliance and, and with our Judea and Samaria. And so she's going to explain a little bit more about what that looks like. But I wanted to just introduce you to her. If you haven't met her, um, there's a way for you to do that after service. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, why don't you just tell us a little bit more about how us at Valley Brook can get involved sure. in what Russell was talking about.
3: Yes, I'm so excited to be here. Uh, like Dan was saying, it's really cool that there's this dual role going on because usually I'll come and you know share with Russell or another staff member about UA-Serve or Urban Alliance, and then I have to head back home, but this is part of my home. So this is um, really cool to be here and to meet more of you know the Valley Brook family through this opportunity to serve. Um, Russell hit on a lot of the points about the volunteer program, and what I'm here to do is to help connect you to ways to serve, because one of the biggest pieces of feedback we get at Urban Alliance is, yes, I wanna serve, yes, I, won- I have a heart for this, I wanna try it, but I don't know how. I don't know how to get started, I don't know any programs that need help or, or things like that. And that's why the ua Serve program was created. So we're here. We make that happen. And what's even cooler is right after service in the venue, um, I will be there with a kind of brief informational session where you can come, learn more about the specific opportunities, which ones are family friendly, which ones are available on the weekends, the weekdays. Um, and just learn a little bit more, ask some questions. So we want to make that step easy for you, um, and I'll be there. I want you to also, or I encourage you also, echoing what Russell said, you know, ask the Lord, where does he want you in this season? There are so many different ways to get involved, ways to get burnt out, like we are saying, ways to kind of add something to your plate because you want to, to make a difference or make an impact. But there are so many times where we've seen where people really bring this to the Lord, and he aligns the right place for you. So I'm um, just you know, encouraging you to pray about that. Come to the venue. If you can't make it today for whatever reason, um, we do have a sign-up in the uh, cafe with a little information sheet, so you can sign up there. We can follow up with you. But please do come stop by, bring your kids, and see you there.
0: Awesome. Now, I think you had a story that you wanted to oh, tell yeah. us. Oh, yeah.
3: Thanks, Dan. See, this is why he's here. He's helping me. Um, on one of these slides, there is a... a Story about Houston and Charlene Hemp. I'm so glad that you remind me because this is such a cool story. So Houston and Charlene, they have since moved out of state, but they were at a church in Windsor. Russell came and shared a similar message that you guys heard today, um, and we had an informational session. So they signed up to, you know, come to that session, and they were both very, very hesitant. They didn't know what to sign up for, where they would be used, or, you know, what skills they had. In their own words, they were very shy, and this was all new to them. So they were at the session and then they they were about to leave without checking off any opportunities that they were interested in. And so he said, well, hold on a minute, let's let's talk this through a little bit. They ended up signing up to volunteer with Church Army, like you guys just heard about. And after over a hundred hours, over the span of about a year and a half, um, they developed amazing relationships with the people that they served. You can see them here, so Houston's the one shaking this gentleman's hand, and Charlene is distributing some resources to some kids. But they would go there um, quite often and kind of just dug in and built these relationships and then kept, t- they mobilized their church members to serve as well. So even if you think you're shy, even if you think there isn't a spot for you, you know, think about Houston and Charlene because they are a great example of stepping out. I did want to kind of close with a quote on the next slide that Houston shared with us before they moved. Um, he had said, Typically we assist one Saturday per month and we have been blessed. We have partnered with Church Army and they've also, this is totally on their own, a separate thing, um, did a clothing drive uh, through their church for Church Army. Through God's calling and the congregation's generous response, we delivered 515 articles of new clothing to Church Army. And this is the key. Charlene and I are stepping out of our comfort zone and responding to God's calling. So just to reiterate that, this is Charlene who said she's shy and is nervous to talk to anyone, laying hands on someone and praying. So um, just be encouraged, and I look forward to meeting some of you and seeing you at the venue.
0: Awesome. And so I would challenge you this is an amazing way, and this is right now the way that Valley Brook is challenging our congregation and equipping our congregation to get involved in our Judea and our Samaria. So please. Um, Even if you're kind of considering it, really consider it and go out into the venue um, with that. But if for some reason you can't make it today, if you have somewhere that you need to be, um, you can go on our website at valleybrook.cc. And if you go to the outreach page, it'll route you um, to Urban Alliance's site, and you can check that out. And there are other informational sessions. Um, But that's the big challenge in that that we want to leave you with today is our challenge is that you would take a risk. Um, I think that there's easy serves, and then a lot of us serve sometimes in our comfort zone, and it's easy, but amazing things happen when we step out in the gospel, and we step out in faith, and And a lot of times we learn stuff not even just about serving others and other people, we learn stuff about ourselves, and so this is a great way that you can get involved. One of the things for me, and I think one of the, the big positives is there are service opportunities for every schedule, every walk of life, you know, and also families. You know, and I'm excited for our family when our kids get a little older to serve together because a lot of times at church we we all do our own thing. But uh, families can serve together, which is really significant and what a cool way to disciple our children and what it looks like to serve. Um, last thing, there's just two other events that we're excited to announce. Um, one is coming up in June and you'll see these on the website and in further communications, but it's called Revitalize. And it's we're doing two all-church-serve events that we're going to do Together, um, as well as the Urban Alliance, you know, individual UA serve. But Revitalize is something we've been doing for a couple of years. Doug Casey uh, was leading the charge, and uh, basically, it's a, a health initiative and health health awareness uh, program in Hartford. And so, there's great ways to get connected with that. So you can check out our website for too. So I, I yeah, can, so yeah. it's Urban Alliance and then Sarah can help with that as well. And then also we're pairing with Urban Alliance and World Vision in the fall to do some packing parties and to help with all that World Vision does to reach, you know, our, our nation, our area, and also to the nations. And so we're really excited about that. But our challenge again is this. Just check it out. Take a step. Check it out. Go to the venue about 10 minutes after the service. Sarah's going to do a quick session. Please learn more because how cool would it be if even half this room stepped out of their comfort zones. Look at the impact and the reach that we could have, not just in our Jerusalem, but in our region and in Hartford, and there's power in that. So that's our challenge. Well, to close, I just wanted to invite Russell back up, and Pastor Clark, if you wouldn't mind coming on up as well. We, I just love, as a church body, just bless what Urban Alliance does. We're so grateful again for you guys and, and for all that, you know, for your whole staff and all that you guys do, and you've made it so easy and accessible for us to be able to, to connect with Hartford in that region. And so we're thankful. Um, but why don't we stand as a congregation, and if you wouldn't mind, just reach your hand out. Um, and Pastor Clark, would you just kind of bless and, and pray over them? Father, we
1: thank you so much that we had this opportunity to hear about what's going on in our own backyard. Lord, we ask that you would bless Russell and Sarah and the rest of the team at Urban Alliance. We ask that you bless their families. We ask that you would bless this ministry for your glory. And Lord, we pray that you would transform lives Uh, everybody who serves and everybody who is uh, being served. So, Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.